once again thank you all so much for tuning in to the third episode of the oligarchy disruptor with your host bennett leon um and today uh, we are going to talk about a topic that is extremely extremely important and near and dear to my heart uh something that some something that uh, is always misrepresented in the media um and something that I believe is extremely important that history will punish us for if we do not act um, uh, more swiftly about, uh, which is the conflict in Israel um, and Palestine. So today I have two very special guests. I have, once again, the lovely um, Ashley Downing of Chicago. Hello. Uh, and then we also have our very, very special guest, uh, Jawad of Chicago as well. Um, now, Jawad. Yeah, so Jawad is uh, a friend that um, I have gone to school with for years uh, since I moved uh, to uh, the suburbs of Elgin, uh, which was in 2007. So that is, uh, we've known ourselves, we've known each other for quite some time. Uh, and um, uh, we've always kind of like talked about this issue. Uh, and I'm really, really excited to bring him on to kind of explain like his take on it because he's actually been there and lived through these experiences and knows on a more personal level uh, that we really often don't get to see, especially on the corporate uh, level uh, in the news and stuff like that. So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll go ahead and let Jawad say a little bit about himself and why he's here and what's important to him. So go ahead, take it away, Jawad. Hey guys, uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Of course. Um, a little bit about myself. Uh, I am a Palestinian American. I was born and raised in the Chicago suburbs, um, but my I'm a first generation American. So my parents um, were born and raised in Palestine until they came here. Um, my dad came here on a basically like a lottery um, in his hometown. They were basically um, if you were able to provide, um, you know, a source of income as well as um, a reason to come to the states, you were selected or put into a draw and out of thousands he was able to get a student visa and he came here and basically made a better life for himself and his future family went back to palestine um married my mother and then he came back to the states but um people don't know but when you get married um if you have a green card and you get married um not in america your spouse has to wait like for two three uh two to four years to get like a, a visa to come to the States. And so my mother was still in Palestine when they, after they got married for about two years. And then my dad was here by himself. She eventually joined him in uh, 1991. And uh, I was born in 1995 in Hoffman States, Illinois. Um, and I've lived here my whole life. But uh, uh, my, my dad comes from a family of, including his half, his half siblings. He's got about 16 siblings total. Yeah, big family. Um, yeah, it is. He's got about um, seven siblings here. So the rest are in Palestine. And then my mom comes from a family of eight. And she's only got one brother here. So I have roughly, you know, uh, well over, you know, 70, 75% of my family still overseas that, we, you know, we talk to. My parents, uh, my, 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 my sister and my mother and my dad talk more than I do. Um, but, you know, we definitely keep in contact. Um, and, you know, the, the, the reality of the situation in the Middle East um, is, is is for me it's a it's, it's kind of a struggle because a lot of people that see these type of foreign relations and these foreign problems twitter and facebook and you know instagram 
just see it and go, you know, thank God I'm, I'm not dealing with it. You know, at the same time, that's my case. But, you know, yeah. you know, coincidentally, I have family that are dealing with it. And, you know, when I do go back to Palestine, I deal with it. I see it and I it's hard for me to, you know, one thing that I've, I've noticed as a Palestinian American, it's very hard for me to um, maintain this balance where I'm, um, you know, like, you know, when you're a born and raised American, you're 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 told to be very proud of the country. You're, you're always supposed to back up the government. Exactly. Everything 100 percent. And, and I, I very much do. You know, I, I I'm at the moment, you know, like I'm currently seeking a, a, a federal you know position with the United States government. That's just how it works. But at the same time, I'm a Palestinian. I'm a dual citizen. I have family in Palestine. My roots are in Palestine and my family and the citizens of that country are literally getting shot by American made bullets and weapons that are provided by America to Israel. So it's like this, it's this moral dilemma that I've, I've always, always lived in. And it's hard because we live in a society in a country where if you are anti-Israel and you're anti, you know, inhumanity towards the Palestinians, all of a sudden you're labeled an anti-Semite. You know what I mean? And it's just a struggle that I've, I've faced my whole life. And it's very hard for me to create a dialogue with somebody of the opposite position because I take it so, so personally because it, unlike that person arguing there, that side, it, for me, it's a personal, personal problem, you know? Yeah. Of course, of course, uh, we, we understand your struggle. And of course, yeah, you know that I, I empathize very much with the Palestinian struggle. Um, and this is something that I've wanted to talk to for a very, very, very long time. Uh, or talk about for a very long time. So uh, let's go ahead and, and start. Um, thank you so much for your introduction. It was very heartfelt and uh, very intimate about like your own like personal story. Um, so let's let's start with something you actually just mentioned, uh, and that is the labeling of anti-Semitism of uh, of just like normal people in this country, and especially people in government. So like. Um, a lot of politicians that criticize anything that the, um, the the Jewish government does, specifically like Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, um, anything that they do uh, is labeled as uh, anti-Semitism, and we need to like expose it for how wrong it is, <laughs> how wrong that classification is, because it is right. Because yeah. like just because you're criticizing another government doesn't mean that you're and uh, you're against Jews, like you're an anti-Semite, right? So you're criticizing the government and how they're using their power to to do like these horrible things uh, and to oppress these these people that were there before they were. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and that's not a new thing either. Of course, you know, this, this not as as heightened the rhetoric rhetoric has been in this presidency. It's not a, a new a new thing. It's, it's 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 basically a a sorry excuse to be honest with you, and I can I can elaborate forever about it because if you if you literally search up the definition of a semite, it will tell you. I mean, I I, I could do it right now, but I'm afraid if I close this app, it'll close the recording. <laughs> it's um, okay. I'll do it for you. I have. Okay. So go, go ahead and talk, and I'll look it up for you. Look up the definition of a semite and read the definition for me. And it'll tell you, you know, it's basically people that are of that region. It's not just a specific religion. 
Whenever you're ready, Bennett, if you could read the definition for me. All right. So I have a Semite as a member uh, defined as a member of any of the peoples who speak or spoke a Semitic language, including in particular the Jews and Arabs. Okay, exactly. So when people try to call, you know, um, a Palestinian or a person who's Arab like myself, um, an anti-Semite for standing up against, you know, the inhumanity to Palestinians, you're literally labeling me anti-Arab. Yeah. Do you not realize how stupid that sounds? Of course, and because it's stupid because you are an Arab. Are. Like, like, <laughs> That's like what you, you are. don't understand. It's not, I'm not no, like, like, for lack of a better term, I'm not a mutt where, you know, my ancestors came in over in Ellis Island or in the 1800s. No, literally my one, I'm a first generation American. Like my dad wasn't born and raised here. I was. That's it's that simple. Like if I went to ancestry.com, the leaf would just be my dad. <laughs> so, so it's, 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 it's a, it's a very aggravating thing because that's like, and here's the thing. When you look into history for years and years and years, it will tell you the Jews, wherever they were, were prosecuted and they were and they were pillaged and they were and i mean and, and then it got so bad to the holocaust of course. but here's the thing yeah i empathize with them and i i sympathize with them and, and it's just but but the problem is you can't like what i don't understand what i don't understand is that literally jews were being labeled and they were given patches to wear they were forced into ghettos mm -hmm. and they were shipped somewhere else you fast forward to modern day palestine and Palestinians are required everywhere they go to carry, in Arabic, the, the term is hawiyah, and that basically means identification. And the uh, Palestinian hawiyah is a green pamphlet. with It's basically your, uh, like a driver's license, but it's, it's, it's in a green like mini folder. And that's right away they know that you are Palestinian. If you have a blue folder, they know that you're a citizen of Israel. So the first thing that an Israeli soldier will say to a Palestinian if they were trying to walking down the street and they wanted to, they hey, they'll snap their fingers and be hawiya, give me your hawiya, like give me your identification. So, and and here and here's the thing. That's that's that if you think about it, that's very similar to labeling the Jews in Europe. Not only that, not only that. In 1948, when the state of Israel was created, 700,000 Palestinians were excommunicated from their homes. They were expelled from their homes and they were forced into these refugee camps. Can, anyone can argue that this is very similar to the way the Germans put them into the ghettos. Okay? Yes. So, so as a Palestinian myself and somebody who, who feels very bad for what happened in, 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 the, in the World War II, but when you see the injustice that's happening on your people and you want to speak out for them and oh you're anti-semitic you're anti-jewish bro can you just sit down and please just relax and and just do your research because there's yeah. this saying that history repeats itself and it is a very very sad thing it's a it's just a, like i there's a saying in the palestinian community every time i go to a protest in chicago i always see a sign that has it and it says one holocaust does not justify another Exactly. Yeah. And it's something that I think should be noted as well uh, is that the Jewish people have claimed the phrase never again <laughs> so that the rest of the world remembers because they know that if the rest of the world forgets what happened to them in the Holocaust and the persecution that they faced, that if it would have, they fear that it would happen again. So they use that phrase never again. 
so that the world never forgets what happened to them, so that it doesn't yeah. happen to them again. Well, but it's really it seems- funny because they're doing it to the Palestinian people. Very much so. Mm-hmm. You know, so go ahead. It seems so wrong that that like like you said that term. Um, it, I to me, it's 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 so funny that people are are. Um, why can't we just be pro pro people? You know, I mean, why why does do you have to be considered anti-Jew? Um, you know, for 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 you to speak out against the against this conflict? I mean, it doesn't seem it's a humanitarian problem you know it is and, it, and it's, <laughs> it's 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 literally it's corporate bullying it's corporate mm-hmm. peer pressure like for an example i was at the gym the other day and a buddy of mine who graduated law school and is getting ready to take the california bar exam he's got a position shut up in san francisco and he, we were talking about this and he told me he said i'm gonna be honest with you dude i'm very very afraid of being labeled anti-semitic because i'm in law and we all know there's a lot of people that are practicing jews in law and i'm afraid because there's this, um, like, I, the last thing I want to be is anti-Israel because in today's society, that means you're anti-Semitic. And, and that, you know, really resonated with me. It really bothered me because we're in a, a modern day and age where your people are peer pressured to not speak out, not speak for the Palestinian people because they are literally afraid of being labeled an anti-Semite because... You, that's that that's that's like being called that's pretty much being called racist and it's just a, it's a, yeah exactly. it's a terrible thing but at the same time who are we what have we done <laughs> as people to create this peer pressure where morality is robbed for a group of people because there's this 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 fear of being labeled something that we all know you're not of course of course and it's wrong on, on many many levels um, but it just goes to show that the amount of influence that the Jewish state has over our country, like for instance, they are one of the most, if not the biggest, um, like, uh, not contributor, but they, they receive the most money um, that, uh, like foreign, foreign money from like the United States. So like, I believe to the last time uh, that I saw it, it was in the tune of like $8 billion a year. <laughs> um, so that's where Jawad is mentioning that they are receiving not only our money but our, our weapons, our resources. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, they are receiving all the support from us, and that's what they're using. They're using our power, our influence, um, to further oppress um, the Palestinian people using us to back them. Now, just um, imagine. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. That's fine. Just imagine my moral dilemma, where I'm a born and bred American, and I'm very proud of it. But at the same time, my family that's in the Middle East is continuously being oppressed because of the very country I call home. Mm-hmm. Imagine that moral dilemma. And a of lot course. of people can't because a lot of people aren't in the struggle. Exactly, you can't. Of course. Um, and then just, uh, once again, going back to like the, the whole that... Um, that the Jewish state has over the the entire nation uh, and our government. Um, it, uh, one thing that I find extremely extremely fascinating about that uh, is how every every presidential cycle there is um, an event that APAC holds, yep. uh, which uh, is the American Israel uh, Public Affairs Committee. Uh, and uh, what it is, is it's a bipartisan organization of U.S. citizens committed solely to strengthening 
protecting and promoting uh, the U.S.-Israel relationship. Um, and uh, it, what, what it basically is, is all these candidates that go there election cycle after cycle to basically pledge allegiance to Israel uh, and um, what they stand for. Uh, but obviously what they all stand for is the oppression of like the Palestinian people and all this stuff is, and they can't escape that. Uh, but they do their best to, to do that by labeling other people as anti-Semites that criticize their governments and uh, just trying to uh, label all the people that criticize them uh, to kind of discredit them. Uh, any, any opinion, even if it's valid, against uh, the, um, their rule. Uh, in that in that part of the world, so it's very very interesting to to know about uh, the kind of hold that they have over our government, and especially over our president, especially our current president. They have that has. Headlock. What was that? They have us in a headlock, and we can't get out of it. Exactly, um, and I think it should be noted as well that with this specific president that we have now, President Donald Trump, uh, he has done something that no other president. Uh, for decades has been willing to do and some people would call this a good thing um, but if you are standing on the right side of history uh, which I know all my audience viewers and the people that are, are currently uh, <laughs> talking with me now uh, on with us now um, that is not true right so uh, what, it, what the event I'm talking about as we all know is the U.S. moving uh, the embassy, uh, the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem, basically saying that Jerusalem uh, is Israel's. Uh, and that's something that no other U.S. president has uh, wanted to do or been willing to do. Uh, but President Trump, uh, I, I think because of people that are really close to him, that are pushing for this, uh, Israel, this strong Israeli relationship, especially his uh, son-in-law, Jared Kushner, which is of Israel exactly descent. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure he and his own family are, have been pushing the president to, to act in, this, in accordance with that as well, uh, to give them that win, um, but it's wrong. Uh, and I want all the, my audience to know that that is extremely wrong, what, what, what was done. Um, and uh, do you guys have any opinions about that or have anything to add? Ashley, you can I mean, go if you have anything. I was just going to say, I mean, it was clearly a political move, um, you know, and I, I it, this president has continuously showed us that his heightened rhetoric is behind, is behind um, or it, it aligns exactly with what he does. And by him doing this, it was a clear, uh, I almost want to use the word racist, you know, clear, it was, it was a clear sign that um, he's ignoring the Palestinian people. Um, not just Palestine, you know, um, the, that he he clearly sides with money, um, and that's the that's how it has been, and um, that's who has we've had alliance with um, as far as financially, and he decided to make that as a financial political motive, I think. And and the thing is though, is that you're talking about financial, but the cost the cost the Palestinian people is put uh, put and I, when I say us I I'm referring to the Palestinian people as well mm -hmm. um, it's put us 
70 years back in history. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people don't know the struggle and the, the, the start of this conflict. Um, so, you know, in, in, in 1948, after the, the, um, the Holocaust, the Jews wanted a place to call home. Okay. America and the United Kingdom and Great Britain met and they said, you know what? They've been pushing for the land of Palestine for years. There was this this there was this political right-wing Jewish movement called Zionism. And that is the belief of a sole and single Jewish state. And they first settled, they talked about somewhere in Africa somewhere in Argentina, South America, and they all settled on the land of Palestine because the biblical, the, the Islamic, and the Judaic significance of that land. It's called the Holy Land for a reason. Yeah. And eventually, you know, I, I, you know, America and, and Great Britain said, we're going to have to put them there, and this is what we're going to do. Although there is a land and a country established with its own citizens, we're not going to ask them for their opinion or input on any of this. We're just going to put the, the, the Jews in this land, okay? We're going to split it unevenly. We're going to give yeah. the Jews 55%, and we'll keep the Palestinians 45 And Jerusalem will be a neutral city because we know both of these people claim that as their capital, okay? Neutral city. Shortly after the Jews entered Palestine and created their own state of Israel, that wasn't the case. That 55-45% was out the window as soon as they, they entered the, 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 the doors of Palestine. They started, and, and, and uh, Great Britain actually sent soldiers to, you know, calm it down. And next thing you know, these soldiers were getting shot at. So, and they just got out of World War II. So Great Britain was not about to do, um, was not about to deal with another war, another bloodshed on its hands. So they left, they abandoned it, because before the state of Israel was created, Palestine was British mandated. They called the British Mandate of Palestine. So for a president um, who, who represents a country that I, I'm a proud citizen of, to single-handedly give away our capital, by our capital I mean the Palestinian capital, to a, a country that was formed and, and of, of stolen land from us is the ultimate disrespect like that's why when when you see people arguing over trump and and politics and all that a lot of people go well what has he ever done to you <laughs> for me for me as a palestinian american muslim i have been i have been more personally affected by the, the moves that this man has made than any any other president before and i just think it's um it, it's it's I, watching that video of, uh, of ivanka trump and, and jared kushner at in in jerusalem talking about we are here in the capital of Israel I cannot tell you the the blood boil um, from myself and, and Palestinians worldwide because you have absolutely no right to to do that that's not your position to do that this isn't your conflict and you're only doing it for political and financial financial gain, gain yeah and it is it is I cannot tell you how how infuriating it is as like just imagine Imagine, um, you know, uh, a, a city in Minnesota. Imagine a city in Minnesota. Canadians start coming to that city, northern Minnesota. And next thing you know, they start taking more. Okay? And then they kick the Americans out of the town that they very much call them their, their home. Okay? Then they infiltrate more of Minnesota, build settlements, and make the Americans that live around those settlements 
go through checkpoints to get to the other side of the check the the, the settlements. Basically, they're they're infiltrating and they're building more cities into in your country. And then and then let's say the cap the cap, uh, the president of Mexico declares you know some city in northern Minnesota the capital of the Canadians. Uh, just imagine the the, the 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 confusion and 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 like the the inhumanity. Like how could we have let this happen? Like how did we allow this to happen? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you know that move that move was. I don't and and I, and I I hated hearing this from a lot of people. Well, every president have said it. Well, they didn't act on it because they know it was immoral, and the only reason they did it is because they knew APAC was breathing down their neck. Yep. Yep. That that all sounds about right. Um, and just one thing I also wanted to mention uh, now that you touched on the subject of like expanding their territory uh, was. Um, when they expanded their tor- territory out, even outside of Palestine and into Egypt, one of their neighbors. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, as we all know, that ha- that led to what we now know as the Six Day War. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they received the backing, or well, the United States, uh, the Israel, the state of Israel received the backing of the United States uh, because they, I mean they had they did their part to put them there, so um, that they had. They had to kind of like back that up. Um, so they sent them arms and money and all this, all their resources, so that they could fight this war. Uh, and in this war, um, the reason why it was fought is because uh, uh, yeah, Egypt had blocked uh, Israeli shipping routes since 1950 in the Straits of Tehran. And um, so Israel in 1956 invaded the uh, the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt to gain uh, so that they could uh, use those shipping routes. Um, and once they did that, all these Arab nations uh, surrounding um, Israel Palestine um, did not like that, of course, especially Egypt. So they decided to attack Israel, um, and it led to the Six Day War in which. Incredibly, the uh, state of Israel um, won uh, against, uh, I think it was eight nations. Uh, that is, um, let's see here. Um, it was Egypt, Jordan, uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, what other ones were there? Lebanon, uh, Syria. Uh, I believe uh, I think that's it am I missing any? Uh, Egypt, Syria, Jordan oh Iraq Iraq as well so um, that uh, that is another thing that should be noted as well when they tried to they they eventually had to withdraw from uh, the Israelis eventually had to withdraw from uh, from their territory that they took in Egypt Um, but they they it was still something that should be noted that they there was a huge tension between the state of Israel and its neighboring Al- Arab uh, uh, neighbors. There still is Bennett. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, they're not happy about. I mean, because Palestine is an Arab nation, right? So, um, and they uh, they see that as a direct threat to them. So, 
uh, understandably so, they wanted to protect the state of Israel, uh, not the state of Israel, the state of Palestine, uh, from the oppression that they were facing from the state of Israel. Um, but yeah, so uh, aside from that, uh, we have some interesting topics. So you had some personal stories that we were uh, talking about a little before, um, Jawad, about like your family and stuff. Uh, I believe it was your uh, your dad. You had a story about your dad and something that happened with him in Palestine, correct? Yes. I got right, a lot of want... stories with my dad in Palestine. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about the one where he... Um, they beat him uh, up and he... sent him to the hospital? Uh, yeah, where the, he, threw, he threw rocks. Oh. Right. So, at, so at basically, so basically, uh, my my father was a teenager, and he was um, on his way home from school. And before I even continue, when when I mention the term throwing rocks, there is a people need to understand. Um, a lot of people go, well, why were you throwing them in the first place? Yada yada. If you see an enemy infiltrating your home, won't you do anything you can to stop them? Okay, so with that being said, my father was throwing rocks at the soldiers because they were infiltrating the hometown that my parents are from, and they were trying to go into the houses. And they were throwing rocks at them because um, uh, that's the, the only defense that they possibly could do because these men carry around M16 guns, semi-automatic guns, and, and you, can't really, you can't really stop them. And uh, a rock is, is, the, um, is the closest thing to... You know, uh, something that can cause damage. And the name of these soldiers is the IDF. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But yeah, yeah, they're the, the IDF, which the is the Israeli Defense, Defense Force. Force. Yes. Exactly. The Israeli Defense Force. Um, and, and he was throwing rocks and they chased him. And my father ran up a building. And he ran into some random home. And some lady's like, what the heck are you doing in my house? <laughs> and right away he said, you know, they're after me. With no questions asked, she said, come here, I'll hide you. She hid him, and my father waited for about 20 minutes, saw the coast was clear, and went to go leave the building. Upon his exit of the building, three soldiers were waiting for him at the entrance, and they beat my father to a bloody pulp. They cut his hand open, and they sent him to the hospital at the age of 16. Wow. That's just one story. Um, I have multiple uncles who have been shot. Um, I, um, I've had uncles who have been arrested. My aunts have been pushed to the ground. Um, I, it's just, you, you, you don't understand. These people are bullies. These people are, for lack of a better term, enemies of the Palestinian people. Their goal is not to create peace, but to create tension. I cannot tell you, when I drive through the West Bank of Palestine, not Israel, Palestine, and I see these Israeli watchtowers and these Israeli sell settlements, it, like I, the like the, the the term frustrated doesn't even fathom the, the the explanation of how I feel when I do that because like you don't understand how inhumanity has taken over that country that region of the world and to have Americans show pledge support for for the for the basically the the antagonization the antagonization of the Palestinian people it's just mm -hmm. it's it, it's so I can't tell you like it's just. If, if, if I'm very frustrated, you know, like it's very hard for me to talk about the situation and not show emotion. You know what I mean? Of course, very. Can't imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, how about the uh, story? Um, one that I, I really, really wanted to bring up because 
I think that Americans would be able to understand um, and empathize with this particular situation. And the, uh, the one I have in mind is the one of your aunt uh, and two Israeli soldiers, the IDF soldiers, um, demanding to, to live in her home. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, wow. they... Um, uh, if I, when, I, when, I, when we went to Palestine in 2007, the summer of 2007, my mom's younger, younger, younger sister told me a story about how about two or three IDF soldiers, they were doing this thing where they were going throughout the West Bank and basically forcing themselves in homes and making the, the people that live in those homes cater to them. I forgot what, what they called it. They called it Operation... Um, like, like I, I really forget the name, but what they did was they basically knocked on the door. They said, we're staying here and you're going to serve us. And that's that. If you disagree with us, we're going to arrest you. And, and you know, that's all. That's the best we can do. And um, they uh, they came in and they, they stayed on the top floor of my grandparents' home. Demanded that they f that my aunt feed them. And the best they gave her was uh, some chocolates. And they stayed for three, four days and, and left. That's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So they basically, the IDF soldiers, showed up. They were like, "All right, you need to feed us. You need to like uh, do our, like make our beds, do everything for us while we're here." Uh, basically, demanding uh, to court, like quartering them in, in her house yep. uh, against her will. Absolutely. And that, like I, I mentioned before, it's something that I, I think a lot of Americans would uh, empathize with because if you want to look back at our own history um, in the. Um, in the revolution, in the, in the American Revolution against uh, the um, for the, for the colonies against the the British, what a lot of the British did was just that. Yep. They would uh, demand quarter in American homes, and it, uh, it is it, it's very reminiscent of that, and that's why like their their like history needs to be. It, it needs to be like known and it needs to be like people need to be aware that that happened not only to, to Palestine but also to us so they can relate um, and understand that that is wrong and that's even in our, our constitution I believe that uh, another uh, soldiers cannot demand quarter in a civilian's home um, without like the authorization of like a homeowner or whatever they can't basically do whatever they want well, they do that a lot in, in Palestine, unfortunately. You're not even on homes. Yeah, but of course we have strayed very far from where the founding fathers have uh, uh, wanted us to go um, through the United States Constitution and with their own values and beliefs. So it's very sad to see the United States completely doing a 180 and uh, supporting a nation that does that uh, to um, the uh, the more oppressed nation, which is of course Palestine? Um, how about um, appropriation? That tends to be uh, an issue with um, colonizing states. Um, how does that happen at all over there? Like um, cultural appropriation or like identity? Like oh, where yeah. they? I'm very happy you mentioned this. Okay, 
to start off, okay, in America, we are a nation of a lot of cultures, correct? Of course. We're a nation yeah, we're of the melting pot. We're a melting pot. <laughs> exactly. But one thing that I love about being an American is that you, you're exposed to all these different cultures. And you, the thing is, though, is that we give credit where credit is due, correct? You go to Panda Express, Americanized or not, we know that this is Chinese food. Exactly. Okay? You go to mm-hmm. get pizza from Pizza Hut, we still know that pizza is Italian food. We don't call it uh-huh. American. The burger itself is not American. It's German. We have adopted it as American, part of our culture. Okay. In Palestine and Israel, I cannot tell you the the, the, the fire that it, I, it lights underneath me when I see Palestinian food that my mother and my grandmother cook labeled as Israeli. Wow. That is wrong. That is wrong. That is a that is that is a theft of somebody's culture. Cultural appropriation. It's cultural appropriation and is wrong. And you and it's it's a, it's another occupying. Me- mechanism that Israel infiltrates on the Palestinians. You cannot do that. I don't care if it's food. I don't care how small it is. You don't do that. You don't take something that is is not native to your culture and adopt it. You can adopt it by all means, adopt it, but do not put your label do on. Do not it. label it. Oh, exactly. No. It is not yours. So, Jawad, oh tell me, gosh. what are some examples of these? These exam, uh, an example of this cultural appropriation for other, like you brought up food. Let's take okay. that for example. What What are some examples for the phone, people that are listening at home? What What can they look out for? Like, what would they know? Falafel is one. Falafel is a very, very, very known Palestinian Middle Eastern dish, and oh. there's a lot of a lot of Israeli-run Middle Eastern restaurants. And they label it as theirs. Like for an example, um, both of all of us are are are, no, are pretty common with the Chicagoland area. Have you guys ever heard of this this uh, restaurant called Naf Naf Grill? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Naf Naf is run a by ton in it Chicago. Was, it was run by uh, I, I believe he passed away, but it was run by an Israeli, um, and uh, you know basically he took food that you know that his like I'm not hating on Israelis for liking Arabic food. There's nothing wrong with that. But for you to claim it as yours, you can't do that. And that's exactly what that owner did. They claimed this as Israeli Middle Eastern food. And it's just like I had this conversation with somebody who was a member of the Jewish community. And she said, why are you getting so mad? It's just Middle Eastern food. Don't you understand? Every single day, my people are getting robbed of their humanity and their culture. And this is just another way for them to do it. When, you, when I watch the Food Network, and in between commercials, a host is with an Israeli Middle Eastern chef, and they're making falafel sandwiches, and the host of the Food Network show labels it, oh, let me put some Israeli salad on this falafel. Can't you, like, the, you can, like that's not right. That's not right. It never has been. That You just can't do that. You don't take somebody's culture and adopt it as your own. Or label it as your own. You can adopt it. You can't label it as your own because it's just it, it, like you see. Like for an example, have you? Are you guys familiar with the the um the pasta dish couscous? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't. Yeah, heard it. I love it. It's rolled bulgur wheat. Okay, with hot water and it creates these little I pebbles of like pasta. Okay, um, it's almost like rice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me why when I go to the, the supermarket I see it, and it is labeled as Israeli couscous. Like, that's just another method of theft. 
It's another method of, of inhumanity, and it's another occupying force that Israel infiltrates on the Palestinians. They take their food, they take the culture, and they just they, they rob it of its humanity. And it, like like there's a there's a dish, a Palestinian dessert called kanafa, okay, and it's a very very known Palestinian dish, and it was created in Palestine. And it's mocked worldwide, and a lot of Middle Eastern countries like to claim it. But the real ones know it was created and invented in Nablus, northern Palestine. Okay? I'm on Twitter the other day, and I see somebody who is a, uh, obviously an Israeli citizen post a picture of Kanafa. They go, wow, I love Kanafa. Um, they said, Kanafa is so good. I love Israeli food. And if it was kind of funny as you look throughout the comments and a bunch of people being very, you know, funny with satire, they would post like pictures of pizza and they go, wow, I love pizza. Chinese food is so good. You know, basically saying how stupid you sound for claiming uh, a food as yours and labeling it as yours. It's just, it's not right. And um, that's just another method of cultural appropriation. Uh, the music, Arabic music is loved by Israelis and and, and um, the dances and the and the... And the method of weddings and stuff like that is is all is all um, uh, adopted by you know Israel and its citizens, which, like I said, is not an issue. But you got to give credit where credit is due. You can't you can't take something and label it as your own. It's just that simple. You just can't do that. Exactly. Yeah, it's extremely wrong on so many levels. Ashley, do you have anything to chime in with or to add um. to that? No, not really. <laughs> Ashley, it um, sounds like it sounds so, like. Go ahead. I said it sounds like you're very surprised with a lot of things that I'm saying. Uh, it's it's not that I'm I, I suppose surprised more so um, surprised that it's we don't hear a, a lot about that. You know, exactly. it's it's surprising to me that. Uh, out of all the bad news that we hear that goes on. Um, Are you really surprised, though? <laughs> well, I suppose not, right? Because that's not what the news wants to show us. But it's to me, it's just crazy that so many people are, because for I do watch the news, or it, it, not just, you know, the mainstream news. And I do, I'm very interested in international affairs. And for me to be surprised by some of these things, it just flabbergast me because that means that there's a lot of people out there who know absolutely nothing about this topic at all as far as the extreme uh, nature of the problem exactly and that's that's exactly why I asked you because I know that you aren't provided with the correct information as a lot of American people aren't and that's mm -hmm. why I, I get so frustrated when I have a conversation about this issue and some person who I know has no idea what they're talking about and has not been exposed to the same type of information I have tried to tell me what Palestine is doing is, is, is wrong and how Israel is defending itself. You know, I have, um, I have, uh, you know, I've had, it's, it's, I have, it's very hard for me to maintain friendship with somebody I know doesn't have that same opinion because you're, you're, you're disagreeing with a political opinion, but most importantly, you're deliberate, you're disagreeing with, uh, basically my culture, my ethnic background. And my well, favorite. and I think you put it so perfectly when you said that it's a political opinion. I mean, I, people don't take the time to to really see what 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 else is going on. You know, um, I mean, I have never been um, I've, I've never been the kind of person that has uh, thought that it was a good idea <laughs> that President Trump um, made the decision that he did to move the embassy. I, I, I've always supported Palestine, but I've never um, come, 
I've never come across it the way that you have clearly. Um, and I've never uh, come into contact with somebody who has um, really been affected by it firsthand. So it's it's really awesome to talk to you about it also. Thank you. Like most it, Americans. Uh, and Ashley, you are no exception, uh, right? So the, the vast majority of Americans, I would argue, in my own opinion. A lot of it, people don't know what's going on. Exactly. And that's due to the mainstream media. That's due yeah. to the corporate media. That's due to APAC. That's due to the the Israeli hold, the chokehold that it has over our, our own nation. Exactly. And the hard-on that our, our governments, our government officials have for the Israeli government. Pretty much. Um, right? So... Uh, one thing that I also um, wanted to touch on uh, is um, one incident in particular with you, Jawad, that um, that made you stand out to me and uh, made me want to like go out. I think I even messaged you about it after I saw uh, that you posted this on Facebook. Uh, what it is is that one day a few years ago, Jawad posted on Facebook that he went out and uh, I can. I feel like I can see it now, where he's like sitting on this bench. Oh yeah. And he has a sign next to him, and he's like, um, uh, I'm, "I'm Muslim. Ask me anything." I think is what yeah. it said. Is that right? Hi, I'm Muslim. Ask me anything. Um, hashtag Meet a Muslim. Exactly. So, I, 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 just a real quick. Um, go ahead. I did that. I did that right after the Muslim ban was going on. The travel oh. ban. The travel ban. Um, Fabulous timing. And I, 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 was, um, I was in college at the time, and I said to my roommate, I said, you know what, Max? I, 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 I think I need to do this. I think I have to do it. He goes, do it, dude. I said, I'm going to go get a poster board, and I'm going to write it, and I'm going to go sit at the busiest bit, uh, hall at our university. And I pray to God someone comes up to me because um, I posted on Twitter, and the caption was, um, I figured a lot of hate... Um, I think I could almost recite it word for word. It was figured a lot of hate that stems towards Muslims like myself and the Islamic community um, are because people don't know um, or ask a Muslim about anything. So I'm giving people that opportunity to do that today. And I had people come up to me, ask me like, like, how is it? Um, how is your family? Uh, I had some lady, she said, can you tell me what the five pillars of Islam are? Wow, like, like a I, test. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, lady, that's okay. We could answer that. Um, but, I mean, if, if you want to ask me something like that, you know, Fox News basically portrays in a different light, feel free to ask me. Um, I had some people come up to go, can I just give you a hug? Um, and it's just, I, 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 I posted it on Twitter not thinking anything of it. And before I knew it, there was like almost 450 retweets. And I put it on Facebook and it got like multiple shares, hundreds of likes. And I really, really... I, 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 I remember, um, I think I was driving back to my house after that. And I, I honestly just started crying because I, I, I like the, the, you don't understand when you, when you live in a country where you're made or you're, you're pointed to be almost like an enemy. It's, it's, it's very hard to, to stay basically sane. It's very hard to to maintain the sanity that that you're you're not a bad person and 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 it's sad that people think you're not because of what they hear on the media so i mean to be honest with you bennett i i i, I swear to you none of the none of my motivation to do that was for people to notice it was just literally just for people to have an opportunity to ask somebody a question you know what i mean for a lot of times 
I played college football. I played football throughout my whole life. A lot of times I was the only Palestinian American on the football team. And I was the only Muslim there. So I, I received a lot of questions from people who, who grew up with these, these, these thoughts towards people like myself. And, and to see their face light up with, oh, you're just, you're just like me. Like, like that, that is, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a sense of relief because I know for a lot of people, I'm the only one that they know of that community. So I just figured I, I have to do something bigger. What happened? <laughs> uh, I don't know, honestly. Uh, I don't know what happened. I think we beat the time limit. <laughs> um, and I stopped trying to say anything. So uh, what were you saying? I'm sorry about that. You, uh, I was, I, what was the last thing you guys heard me say? Um, I, th I think till the end you said something about um, it's this that you're, for a lot of people that you're the first person of that community that they've ever. Um, yeah, 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 that's that's the last thing I remember too. Yeah, so basically, you know, like to hear, um, basically, um, you would you, the fact that you Bennett you enjoyed it. You know, it, it just it was bonus. You know what I mean? Of course, bro. Of course, and uh, as you know, I've always sympathized with the Palestinian people. Uh, I, even after, like you said, uh, like I said a little earlier, when you shared that, I, I maybe want to like start a protest or uh, do some, make some kind of like move to to create awareness, right? Because there's just, like you said, there's so many people in this country that that like are misinformed or misguided when it comes to um, uh, like any Ar Arab nation or like uh, Islam in general. Um, and that can stem back to uh, the, the hate that was propagated on the Arabs and uh, Islam as an entire, na uh, as an entire religion uh, due to uh, the attacks on 9-11. Uh, and just the gross mis misrepresentation of um, of your people, uh, of Islam and of Arabs in general. So uh, I think, it, like you said earlier, it was, it's very important for other people to be exposed um, to different forms of um, and like religion and other people, and just to be like uh, to have that kind of inclusivity. Um, and it, like when it exposed them to that. Uh, anything to add, Ashley? Um, no, no. All right, cool. All right, so, um, uh, but yeah, of course, that was a really interesting thing you did there, Jawad. Um, Thanks. Now, uh, of course. So uh, one thing that I did want uh, to talk about is a story you told me before where uh, you, I believe, and Jawad were in your... Um, Ter uh, a terrorism class yeah and you you had like this outburst oh uh, yeah, yeah. You, right that lasted for a few minutes and oh, then there yeah. was a girl that talked to you after do you want to go ahead and tell that story yeah so i was actually in a it wasn't a terrorism class it was a communication class oh okay and i don't know why this teacher played this movie but i'm actually happy she i'm very happy she did because the movie um what the movie was it was about a an israeli mother and the movie basically was about her searching for answers on why her father, her daughter, was killed by a Palestinian suicide bomber in a Jerusalem grocery store. She went all throughout, you know, some refugee camps in Palestine, some prisons, and talked to former, you know, confessed, confessed terrorists. And she ultimately found the mother of the, the, the Palestinian um, suicide bomber and um, 
basically had a conversation with her and her her husband, and um, you know they basically the whole movie followed the, the Israeli mother. And it followed, you know, the struggle. You know, and it's, and like I said, I sympathize with her. Her daughter was killed in a, a, a it seemed like a sense, senseless act of terrorism. But um, at the end uh, of the movie, the whole time I was watching the movie, my blood was boiling because this movie was only painting one perspective and, and it refused and it very, very ignorantly uh, refused to recognize the other one. Um, and by that, I mean... Imagine, just imagine, you are pushed so far to your limits that um, the only way that you, you, you can find or seem to have a sense of liberty is to kill yourself and kill somebody else. Um, uh, like I said, I don't agree with terrorism, I don't agree with suicide bombings or anything, but all I'm, I'm saying is just ask yourself how far people can be pushed to the point where they have to resort to this type of violence. So at the end of the movie, um, my professor said something I wish she never did <laughs> said any thoughts and um, I promised myself I'm going to shut my mouth because I know I'm not going to say something that's appropriate or uh, <laughs> manner that I want to because you got to like I said this is it's very hard for me to not take something like this personal okay but anyways 10 minutes go by everyone's raising their hands a lot of people were like you know uh, yeah I think it's sad but at the same time like like I think it's like I think it's sad for the other um the other mom and um, I think it's sad that, uh, you know, just ask yourself, you know, what, what, what could have happened in that girl's life to her, blow herself up, stuff like that. And then this girl in my class came up to me, or not came up to me, she raised her hand, she goes, I honestly think it's kind of messed up how it seems like the Palestinian mom and the people are, like, encouraging this, this violence and stuff like that. And um, it's just, I think it's wrong. And then I shot my hand up, <laughs> and I went off. I went off for about, I swear to you, about 10 minutes, and I don't think I took a single breath. I basically said, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, this movie's messed up, but I'll tell you what is really messed up. The fact that my pa my family in the West Bank doesn't have full access to water or electricity, can't even drive through their own towns without being escorted into checkpoints, can't even have um, food that's readily provided to them some days. Like, I, I, I tell you, I, 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 I'm, I'm not kidding, I went off for 10 minutes about the struggles that go on in Palestine, and... Um, the professor at the end of the class came up to me. She goes, I very much appreciate your input because it needed to be heard. And that very girl that I, I didn't go off on her, but I just went off on that, that, that basis of, of uh, perspective that she had. And, um, uh, and she came up to me, she goes, I'm going to be honest with you. This, this was like two, three weeks after. She said, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually talked to my parents about what happened. And, and I've, I've, I've really, I'm really, I'm sorry if I offended you because I don't know and hearing the things that you said definitely, you know, opened my eyes. And, and it's just the fact that, like, for me to, to hear somebody say that, it's just, like, what I'm trying to, tell, what I'm trying to say is, is that it's like people have this perspective because they don't hear and the, the other side. The other side is not provided to them, and it never will be because that is not the benefit for America and Israel. It never will be. Mm -hmm. So when I see something like that, that, that is a tool that is used to 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 you know steal that is used as a, as an occupation tool and a, a promotion of the Israeli occupation. It's just it, like it's hard for me to maintain civil because it's not civil. It's not a civil uh, situation, and it's just it's it's uh, yeah. So I I went off and and that happened. Yep. 
passionate is what you are. Very good. Exactly. For rightfully so. Yeah, the, of the, course. I'm not a I'm not a very conflict. Uh, to be honest with you, I hate politics. I was in law school first semester, and I actually I left law school and I pursued a different career path just because I was so tired of politics. But I'll tell you what: one thing that I refuse, that I'll always be down to argue about and 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 stuff like this, and that's the Palestinian-Israeli conflict because this is a very, very, very personal issue for me. Of course, and something that's your you and your own family. Well, you personally, uh, especially uh, in the instance you were telling me about before, that uh, you, when you went with your family, you were almost not let back uh, to come back home. Yeah, we uh, we went to Jerusalem for the day, and to go into Jerusalem, you have to go through an Israeli checkpoint. And on the way back, we tried to come back, and the um, the Israeli soldier basically told us we can't go back in. And eventually, my mother told him, like, I, I need to go back to my parents' house in Palestine. And the Israeli soldier said, fine, you can go, and your kids can stay behind. And um, I was only, like, 12 at the time, man, and I was I was so scared, I started crying. Yeah, of course. They have the, the power, the Israeli state has the power to, like, destroy your life. 100%. Palestinian, right? 100%. You, you people don't understand... Like, I, 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 I made this joke one time to my mother. I said, why is it every time Palestinians go on vacation, they always go to Turkey? Why is it Turkey? Why can't you go anywhere else? Like, as a joke. She said, you know something? The easiest place to go to with a visa provided by, you know, the Palestinian and the Israeli government is Turkey. And that's the reason why a lot of them go. Because they want to they go on vacation. And they want to leave the hellhole that they very much live in. And it's very hard for people to leave. Very, very, very hard. My uncle, who tried to come here for my sister's wedding, who got arrested years ago, 20, 30-some years ago, for throwing rocks at the Israeli soldiers, was not allowed to have a visitor visa to the United States because of that incident. It's crazy. They can yes. ruin your life, and you have nothing. You can't do anything about it. That's crazy. Even when they're wrong, it's... it's even yeah. when like the, the action is justified, for example, in the, in the case of your uncle... Where I'm sure he was trying to protect uh, some family member or do whatever he was doing. Yep. And even even if they were just throwing rocks, like like you said before, these people are walking around with like semi-automatic rifles, like M16s and stuff. So like these people are like shooting back with like actual live ammunition yep. to people that have like uh, are throwing rocks and have sticks and basically. Uh, it's comparing apples to oranges in, in terms of firepower. Hey, Benny, can you do me a favor? Yeah, what's If up? you have access to Twitter, um, go on my Twitter page. On your Twitter page? Yeah, do you have, do you have, do you have me on Twitter? Uh, let me go ahead and check. And why is that? Because I retweeted um, uh, a Palestinian um, politician, and she tweeted something about... Um, one video was a video of an American um, journalist was basically recording herself. Like her face was all like swollen because her van got all tear gassed by Israeli soldiers. And this lady quoted, and she said, "I'm very sorry to hear about that, um, but you received the Palestinian treatment that Israel does not want the truth to come out, and they suppress it." And then the other tweet that she let out that I, I, I retweeted was a response to Jared Kushner's fake attempted. Oh, this is how we're going to get Palestine out of this this problem at uh, Qatar, the um, 
the conference that they had there this this past weekend. She said, I'll tell you how you can get Palestine into a, a jubilant, you know, successful society. You stop stealing their land. You let them control their own borders. They You let them have um, uh, transportation uh, through their through the plains, um, you know, see, have their own access to their water um, and, and to stop, you know, the constant, you know, the occupation of, of taking their resources and watch how booming and successful that society will be. Of course. Uh, I did pull it up, Jawad, for you. So um, the tweet I believe you're talking about, or the tweets you're talking about, are by a woman named Hanan Ashwari. Yeah, she's a Palestinian politician. Okay. So um, it looks like she was responding to the first tweet uh, by uh, someone named Jane Ferguson. Uh, and she tweeted, Rough day reporting for the news hour in West Bank today. Israeli forces gassed the press covering of a small protest nearby. Then they gassed us, as in like the press, as we tried to drive by. Um, and Hanan uh, said, sorry to hear that, Jane. The Israeli occupation gave you the Palestinian treatment today, and it is hazardous to your health. They have no respect for the press or for the truth, um, which they want to surpa- uh, which they want to suppress. Be well. Uh, hashtag Free Palestine. Uh, and, and I know, uh, just as I'm reading that, uh, what comes to my mind is that um, the wh- like what type of weapons they use against the Palestinian. Um, like protesters, tear like p- these people are like having their legs blown off. Not just tear gas, but like actual like things that can kill you. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's even like special bullets. I think that um, they're like star, like, like star shaped bullets or something like that, where they like they completely like destroy like your body while like on, on impact. You get shot by it, it shreds and destroys everything in its path, and that's uh, and that's against the UN. That's against international law, the, that, that type of weapon. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't doubt it. Uh, but it's, And I'm glad you brought up international law um, because I identify the Israel-Palestine conflict as a like crimes against humanity. Humanity, yeah. I think the, I think the, doesn't human, the Human Rights Watch also, I think, classifies it as such too. Yeah, but what's interesting is that this has been going on for decades, and nothing's happening. Like, no, no change has happened, and it's even it's getting worse, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Exp- yeah, that's what I was about to say. So, especially with this president, that he is making the problem much worse. He's giving them more money than before, solidifying our relationship with them even more, basically condoning their actions against the Palestinian people and the oppression that they face. Uh, but let me go ahead and read that second tweet that uh, Hanan Ashwari uh, said, uh, the one you mentioned about Jared Kushner. Or Kushner. So she says, uh, lift first the siege of Gaza, stop the Israeli theft of our land, resources and funds, give us our freedom of moment and control over our borders, airspace, territorial waters, etc., basically being to be autonomous as a nation, uh, then watch us build a vibrant, prosperous uh, economy as a free and sovereign people, which is what they were before, but was taken away from them, as we all know. So uh, very interesting to see the human rights violations that are going on on a day-to-day basis. Um, 
in the Middle East, um, and I, I believe it is because it's in the Middle East that it's it's being overlooked by the majority of the Western nations, um, and especially the United States. Well, that, not just that. The, 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 the truth is not readily provided to these Western nations and the citizens of these Western nations. You know, like, when, when you are the, what, what really... What really resonated with me was that last line she said, watch it become a vibrant society. Like, I tell people all the time, um, Palestine, when I go to Palestine, I say it's the most beautiful and saddest place I've ever been to in the entire world. And it is very, very sad. You know, I had a friend of mine who, um, she went there on a church trip and she told me, uh, she said, like, when we came back to America, I was up till three in the morning bawling my eyes out because... Um, she word for word she said we have there are dogs in America that are treated better than your people yep and I told her I mean I told her you know the, hearing you say that not only you know makes me smile to see that you've seen the truth but it, 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 it agrees with the fact that every time I have somebody that asks me questions and stuff like that I go listen just go there and see it for mm -hmm. yourself that is the only way you are going to get the news 100% truth in front of you just go and see it for yourself so, I'm glad you bring that up, Joad. So, uh, since you've been there, I want you to talk a little bit about, like, when you are walking through the streets, like, when you, uh, you mentioned checkpoints before, like, I want you to, like, paint a picture in the minds of the audience, for everyone that's listening at home. I want you to paint a picture in their minds of what it looks like when you're there. Like, do these people have access to electricity at all times of the day? Do they have access to water at all, all times of the day? Um, the the watchtowers, the checkpoints, like all that. I want you to tell, like the soldiers that are roaming around all the time. Like, tell me about that. Um, uh, well, I'll give you an example. Um, the city of Hebron, Palestine. It's in the south, southern point of the western West Bank. And that my family's from a hometown called Helhul. It's a, a it's about ten minutes north of Hebron, and um, basically, uh, here's an example about a mile away from my parents' home that they built recently. There's a huge watchtower, you know, just a picture, literally picture a watchtower at the busiest intersection of the city. You can't see what's in that watchtower, but they can any whoever's in there can see whatever you're doing. Okay, um, picture uh, military jeeps just roaming throughout the village, and when they do, everyone gets really quiet. Picture walking checkpoints where you can't go through something without literally, it's, it's like imagine the TSA, like you know, when you go to the security checkpoints for um, you know, to get onto the, 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 the terminals, picture that, but everywhere, not and a picture that with cars. So, like the border checkpoints, if someone was to go from America to Windsor, Ontario, and past Detroit. You have to go through those or the way the Tijuana checkpoint is. That's pretty much how it is everywhere. Um, I mean, the water itself is not fully accessible. The, every home in Palestine has multiple tanks on top of their house that basically are their, are their source of water for two weeks. Because every two weeks they, get full, they, they fill up. And after that, um, you have to make that last for two weeks. Electricity, I remember when we were there in 2007, the entire town was in a blackout because I guess the settlement nearby, the Israeli settlement nearby needed that electricity. You know, like you get like I, I, I can't I can't I can't describe more how how sad of a place it is. Of course. And I, I remember seeing very recently that it, it was it was close to being uninhabitable. 
the Gaza is, yeah. Mm. Yeah, the straight, yeah, the Gaza. Because they don't have water anymore, dude. They they literally don't. The 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 aquifer that they use to have water is 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 contaminated. They don't have water. Nothing can go into Gaza. Nothing can leave. These people are literally fish in a barrel, and and it's just I I just cannot. It's like I like I, it's hard for me to understand like how can somebody see this and think, oh well maybe there's an opposite side maybe something else is going on like I had this girl tell me well Israel's is just defending itself everyone around it hates them and and in my I, like I like oh my man I I can't tell you how how infuriating that stuff like like are you are you like are you that stupid to believe that. Like, are you that stupid? Like, like every position and every situation Israel's in is because it has put itself in those positions. It it invaded Lebanon. It invaded Syria. It invaded Egypt. It invaded Palestine. Of course, its neighboring countries are going to like it. How do you not? Are you stupid? Like, how do you not understand this? Mm-hmm. That's how. That's how. That's how international law works. If someone is invading your your land and invading your you know your humanity, you're not gonna like that people. You're not going to. So don't tell me, oh, it's the Palestinians that don't want peace. No, that's not true. Because every single day, Israel's taken land from the Palestinians, whether you like it or not. My father was building a home in Palestine off of inherited land from my 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 mom's father. So my grandfather gave my mom land to build a house there. And it was just recently built in 2017. The house was completed, and I remember when when we were struggling to make mortgage payments on our house here in in in, in, in America. I told my dad, I said, Dad, why the heck are you building a house? And 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 the mortgage here is is is, is hard to pay. He said, Don't you understand? Every single day, they are taking our land, whether we like it or not. And the only way that you can slightly slow them down is to build a house on that very land. And at that moment, I never questioned why we have a house back home in Palestine ever again. And I think before we even tell me that story, uh, when we were one-on-one, Jawad, is that you said that he, there, another reason why he was building that house is to like, like to slow down the the occupying force as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. It's by literally down. constructing something. Yeah. Even if it takes them like, a day or two to like demolish it yep, or to like it, blow yeah. through it. Yep. There's there's still like deterring them even a little bit. Yep. So that that, that I think speaks volumes. Um, and uh, I also wanted to uh, for the audience to know a little bit about um, uh, about how your your dad. You're mentioning to me before that your dad wants to take you into Israel to see everything that's been taken. Yep. Is yeah, that right? One thing that we want to do the next time we actually go to um, uh, the next time we go to Palestine is um, as sad as it sounds, we have to obtain permits to enter Israel, modern day Israel that was formerly known as Palestine. And he said, I want to take you to the beaches of 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 uh, of Acre and Tel Aviv. And I want to show you what used to be Palestine. And I want to show you the beautiful, beautiful parts that this country once was. And I also want to show you what has been stolen from us. Yeah, it's a really sad reality. It's uh, a it, it, like what the thing is. I saw this this tweet or uh, the other day on Facebook or something like that. It said it's funny you ask these old Palestinian people and you ask them where are you from, and they'll tell you my family's from from Acre, uh, Tel Aviv, um, Yaffa, 
Yafo, Northern Palestine. And then you take you ask somebody of Israel, where are they from? And they'll tell you their 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 ancestry dates to Germany, Hungary, Romania, Russia. You know, it's just it, the clues are right there. Yeah. The yeah. proof is in the pudding. There's this video I saw um, by a count on YouTube called Jubilee, where they basically take two conflicting sides and they have them talk. And I will never forget it. Uh, if you guys have the opportunity to watch it, I highly recommend it. It was called Israel versus Palestinians, and they were arguing. And this one guy who was a Zionist, you know, real jerk that, that had no um, no uh, motivation for peace. He was just saying things that just, he. This, I wish somebody would punch his teeth out, to be honest with you. But I remember the Palestinian, the Palestinian asked him, he said, if you go back nine generations in your family, no, if you go back seven generations in your family, can you please tell me where your family would be? He said, oh, if I did that, my family would be in Hungary. He goes, if I go back nine generations of mine, they will be in Palestine. Yeah. Um that, that once again speaks volumes about like the heritage and the claim that the Palestinians have to to the land that that is there theirs, right? Yep. Um, and that reminds me of a video that I saw, and we we talked about this a little bit before, Gerard, where um, there is a it seems to be like some kind of conflict between protesters, Palestinian protesters, and um, what's it called? Uh, and the um, some IDF soldiers, or or some Israeli citizens, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, actually, no, they were soldiers. They were IDF soldiers. And uh, one of the Palestinians says, if any of your grandparents are are from uh, are are from like Palestine or, or from this like area, like I will bet I will bet everything that I have on that. He said, if you uh, go back two generations of your family, and they are in Palestine and Israel, I will give you my entire home. And none of them said a word because they can't. You go exactly. back to generations of Israeli citizens, and they're not Israeli. I don't. I don't like. It's just that simple, dude. Like the land is, was not theirs to begin with. Whether you want to go back thousands of years in the Bible, the Torah, whatever it was, they were Palestinians there, whether you like it or not, and they were kicked out of their homes. It's just that simple. I don't want to hear about what happened two thousand years ago. Yada yada. Like none of that. There were Palestinians there, and they were kicked out of their homes. The, the, the Palestinians themselves make up 7.5 million refugees worldwide and they accumulate the largest group of refugees from a single country. I think that's that's enough evidence for itself. Exactly, yes, I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> um, now, um, I just want to make the point that uh, that also recently Benjamin Netanyahu, the, PM, the Prime Minister of Israel, was re-elected. Of course he was. Yeah, and he he beats uh, another candidate that was kind of close to him in popularity, um, but that he was a, the other candidate was a little more soft on the yeah. issue of Palestine. And uh, as they were getting closer to election day, uh, Netanyahu decided to double down in his stances and, and get even like more aggressive uh, with his stance. Um, and I, I believe that's what real uh, had him reelected. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Um, I I want to see what he he was real like. What the result of the election was like. How big of a, it a was, win he it had. It wasn't very big. It was very very close. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but the point was that even even though he he got more aggressive with his stances, that he still won, and that is a reflection of the people themselves, the Jewish people, right? Yep. So, just like it is here with Donald Trump, like yeah. as as bad as he is, he is not the problem. He is a symptom of the problem. Yeah, he's I mean, just a, a representation of it. Absolutely. You know, so, but I, I don't want to paint the picture that, like, every Jew, like, has the same mentality, like, they're all, like, that or whatever, or they're all Zionists yeah. or all that, you know, because there are some good ones, right? And we talked about this a little before, and then one of these organizations that I want to bring and highlight is the Jewish Voice for Peace. Absolutely. As an organization, and I'm, I want to go ahead and read the mission statement uh, for them. And what they are. So, the Jewish Voice for Peace opposes anti Jewish, anti Muslim, and anti Arab bigotry and oppression. Uh, it also seeks to end the Israeli occupation of the West Bank, Gaza Strip, and East Jerusalem, uh, security and self determination for means a just solution for Palestinian refugees based on principles established in the international law, an end to violence against civilians and peace and justice for all peoples in the Middle East. Uh, that is their current mission statement adopted in 2009. And basically these are all just Jewish citizens, mostly based in the United States, but they are through and through uh, Jewish heritage. Like they have like the, the total, like um, that total look in some cases of like the rabbis where they have, they have those big hats and those yep. curly, like that curly hair, like through and through Jews, right? Yeah. Um, but it, I think it's very important for for people to know that organizations like this exist, and they see through the propaganda that uh, is not only pushed on us by our own uh, Western media, but by the the propaganda of the Jewish state as well. I had. Do you, a, have, I had any, do you have anything to add about yeah. that? I had somebody who was um, the same girl that was trying to tell me how. Israel is defending itself by killing hundreds of people in the Gaza Strip told me that the Jewish Voice for Peace is an anti-Jewish organization that basically is pushing the the Jewish people back which I had no other answer but to laugh at because <laughs> you know it is laughable you can, you, you, the thing is though you can you can only you can walk a horse to water but you can't force it to drink you can present all these facts to somebody but if they don't want to change their perspective and open their eyes you can't do anything and, and it was very obvious with this girl course yeah uh yeah did you have something to add ashley oh no i mean i was just gonna say it it it, it just becomes more and more obvious to me that this is a, a humanitarian problem and it's frustrating that people can't just set aside their religious ideations to, to to see that you know i mean this isn't this it's been about territory for a long time it has nothing it's not a religious war that that that's that's going on um and they've been they've been fighting over territory for for far longer than than they've been fighting over religion you know um and it's i don't know it's 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 sad to me that you you have to be considered anti-Jew or you have to be afraid of being considered a racist um, to s say that you're uh, you know for Palestine and and, and against um, uh, Trump de deciding because I know that it, it's actually not even just for Republicans but the, uh, I know plenty of my friends who have gotten the exact same reaction when saying um, 
that they opposed Trump uh, moving the embassy to, to Jerusalem um, just for the simple fact of having Jewish friends, you know? <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's sad to me that that's a, it's a humanitarian issue when people can't set aside. And, uh, and a lot of people, a lot of politicians and a lot of countries around the world are so tired. And myself, I'm so tired of this conflict. You know what I'm saying? People are so done with it. Like, how can you guys still hate each other? And, and at the same time, I don't want people to see or hear this podcast and go, well, he's only talking about what Israel's doing wrong. Why can't he talk about what Palestinians are doing wrong? There are problems in the Palestinian governments. The governments cannot cooperate and they can't rule The government of Hamas. There are two governments in Palestine. You know, we can't even get our own stuff together. But I'll tell you what, when I hear about those, oh, Palestinians and Hamas were the ones who ended the siege, the ceasefire, that's, that's bogus. That's bogus. <laughs> You need to ask yourself what's actually happening and you need to understand and see these underlying issues of what's actually happening. Because you have these politicians that go, well, the Palestinians are the ones that, you know, killed a, a preschool in, in, in Israel. How about you ask yourself about the 550 plus children that were murdered in front of their parents in the Gaza Strip instead of blaming us right away? How wow. about you do some research? Now, um, the last thing I want you to think is, oh, um, you're ignoring one side. No, I'm not. Because I'll tell you what, I've had problems with... You know, my own family will argue about this, and I will be the first one to expose the raw the problems and the, the issues that the Palestinians are doing onto the Israel and the, uh, onto the Israelis. And they don't want to hear that, but that's that's the only way you can cause peace. Is you have to call out BS when you see it and when you hear it. And um, but like I said, a lot of this is caused because of Israel's actions. It's just that simple. Whether people want to hear it or not, that's the truth. And it's con it's continued. It's being continued by the Israeli government is what's... And not and only is it being continued, it's getting backed by the American government. Of course. Um, but Ashley, I I'm so uh, happy that you mentioned that it is a humanitarian issue. Um, just because um, to label it as a humanitarian issue, well, of course, it it's more than just a humanitarian issue. It's a civil rights, it's a, it's, <laughs> like it's a human rights issue, right? Um, it's like in violation of international law um, and other things too, right? So, um, but to label it as humanitarian, uh, like uh, what I want to bring up with this is that the U.S. likes to start wars uh, for humanitarian, quote-unquote, humanitarian uh, issues, right? Um, so, for example, like uh, in Syria, uh, when uh, supposedly Bashar al-Assad uh, gassed his own people, uh, was uh, killing his own people using uh, those chemical nerve agents or whatever, uh, they wanted to invade Syria um, uh, because they labeled it as a humanitarian issue mm -hmm. because we're supposed to be, the U.S. is supposed to be um, the uh, the policemen of the world. Um, we are like the good guys, right? Quote, unquote. And um, the real, when, uh, when they, oh, well, of course, we all know that's bullshit, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we look back at it, we know it's bullshit. Um, so when real humanitarian issues and events arise for example like the one uh, the one in Yemen that's going on in Yemen that the US is also contributing to uh, in, a, in a really big way uh, by providing arms and uh, money and all this to Saudi Arabia uh, they signed over a hundred billion dollars worth of arms to Saudi Arabia for them to go ahead and keep doing what they're doing in, uh, in Yemen 
uh, causing that humanitarian crisis. And what we're doing in Palestine by providing the money, resources, and arms for the for the Israeli state to keep going with their oppression of the uh, Palestinian people there. Uh, but I want the viewers at home to know and to to be to acknowledge that we are we don't go into wars for humanitarian reasons. Otherwise, we would have tried to stop the war in Yemen. We would have stopped to we would have tried to stop the um, the Israeli government. But what are we doing? We're doing the exact opposite, right? <laughs> so I just want everybody at home to see like the bullshit. Uh, see through the bullshit that our, your government is trying to feed you. The U.S. government is trying to have you believe that we are the good guys uh, when we are, in fact, not. Um, and in my own view, uh, I the way I see it is that the U.S. is, uh, if you want to, like you think of it in the context of Star Wars, the U.S. is the empire. Um, and and, uh, and the rest of the world, in many cases, the, some countries in in the Middle East and and Latin America, um, they are the rebels. They're they're the Han Solos. They're they're the ones that are struggling against the oppressive regime, the the big superpower of the world, which is the United States. Well, do you guys have anything to add about that? How about you? Yeah. Actually? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was. <laughs> I would agree with everything that you're saying. Um, I mean, it's it's it just goes to show why this exact sort of podcast is needed. You know, um, because people are so ill and ill informed, and they don't even realize it. Um, and talking, especially you know, having um, you know, speakers like this. I mean, this. It, you've really opened my mind and I do watch the news and I am into, into this sort of thing, like I said before. So it's just so important for people to see that not only is this just happening on the other side of the world, but um, being a, a country of, of immigrants, we, we should want to know what's going on in other parts of the world. This is affecting our, our friends, our neighbors, um, you know, people who are really close to us. And even if it, you may not know somebody d directly, um, the, the chances that you do know somebody who has a family member or a friend who is e e experiencing this, um, and it is great. I mean, the chances of, of you knowing somebody, um, and being ill-informed Ill and making offensive comments or, or, or speaking and without being informed, you know, um, but that's why it's awesome uh, that you are here, <laughs> Jawad, to, to say talk about it, and that you did what you did. That was really admirable. Um, what you did um, posting on Twitter that you are, were out there just ask, answering questions because so so many people I think are uh, afraid to ask questions, but are also afraid of the response they'll get to those questions. Yeah, and that's why I encourage people because um, I like I get to know somebody, and next thing you know. Um, they'll ask me a question that's, to be honest with you, it's very stupid, but you know, <laughs> they go, listen, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm literally, this is just an an a question and, and, and I'm more than happy to answer it. Um, uh, and I, I like I said, um, I, like, I, I appreciate you, you know, your compliments. I'm actually, my, I'm planning a trip to Palestine next summer and I'm, I'm intending on creating and making a movie that, wow. pretty, much, that pretty much describes and actually depicts 
what is actually happening in the West Bank and Palestine. And I'm actually very excited because the basis of me um, making it is because um, I'm literally sick and tired of explaining myself and what's happening to people. So I'd rather just show them. That's awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, that's just just like as I was saying, you know, we need more um, more honest outlets for us to find our, exactly, more transparency in our news. And I did want to mention, Bennett, you talked about how, you know, America is sometimes not what they point themselves out to be. And the problem is when somebody does that is they're, they're looked at as unpatriotic. And here's the thing, and here's the problem I have with that. No country is perfect, okay? Whether you want to believe it or not, okay? And of anything challenging our government and what we're doing with our foreign affairs is in self-patriotic itself because we are a country that are are given these freedoms to challenge, you know, the government and challenge authority that you can't in certain countries. You can't challenge these people. You can't because you will get killed. Your family would excommunicate. Look at North Korea. Imagine if somebody spoke out against Kim Jong-un. Like, it's just not going to work. So... Um, it, it, I think it's 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 wrong that people are, like are afraid to speak up uh, out against this country because um, you know no country is perfect and uh, America is, is is definitely not perfect in itself. Yeah, we are far from it. Uh, we have gone, we have strayed away from our democratic liberal roots, of course, as we all know. Uh, now that we're looking back at it, uh, and it's sad, but. Uh, the reason that this podcast exists and the reason why so many other shows are popping up all over the internet on YouTube, for example, the Jimmy, jo- the Jimmy Dore show, which I love uh, on YouTube, that uh, uh, brings to light a lot of interesting um, topics that are not talked about on the corporate media for good reason, right? Because it doesn't fit into the narrative that they w- would have us believe. Um, but yeah, so it was very, very interesting talking to you today, Jawad and Ashley. Um, I had a great time. It was very informative. Um, and I really hope yes, everyone at home got, uh, if anything that they pulled out of this is to understand how it has affected you as a person, Jawad, your family, um, how, Still does. of course. And then, hello, are you there? So like, then you cut off for like, um, yeah, you like cut 20 off. seconds. Uh, my my, you can hear me now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What were you saying twenty seconds ago? Um, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> you were just thanking uh, you were just thanking Jawad for being on the show, and then oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was just uh, basically closing it out. So saying thank you, Jawad, for being on the show, showing uh, being intimate with your stories of your family and how it's affected you. Uh, but what I want for the audience to basically get out of this is to get the perspective of like what the U.S. has done, um, how we have basically prepped up that nation to oppress another, including their own people, the Palestinians in this case, um, and to basically start looking for their own, looking through and s- stifling through the bullshit that the, the, the government and the, uh, the media, the corporate media would have us believe. So I'll go ahead and give you guys a, a few seconds to uh, say anything if you want to uh, if you want to help close out uh, this segment. But once again, thank you to both of you for your time and your input on all these important important topics. Well, Jawad, I'll let you close it out, but just thank you for for your stories and uh, for coming on and re- informing everybody. Um, it it was 
awesome talking with you and learning from you. Uh, I really appreciate it. So thank you. Uh, I appreciate, uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys inviting me into talk. And I most importantly, I appreciate the openness because unfortunately, a lot of Americans are very set in their beliefs and they don't want to hear about anything else. And unfortunately, that is a lot of ignorance. And, and um, the fact that you guys are very open to hear and, and very open to see what's actually happening and, and, and moving away from this political window is just a, it's an amazing thing and needs to happen more. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So with that, uh, thank you guys once again very much for your time uh, and effort today. And thank you everybody at home for listening, uh, for supporting this podcast. Uh, it is because of you that we are doing this. Uh, we want to help enlighten you, give you a little perspective and awaken your own consciousness. Uh, so with that, thank you so much, my brothers and sisters, uh, for your time today. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye, everybody.